Welcome back to the Light Switch Podcast. It is so good to be here with you guys today. If you don't know me, my name is Dan. I'm the youth resident here at Keystone Church, and I work with Luminate Student Ministries. And we got a we got a fun episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the topic of legacy, the topic of how you want to be remembered. And to be more specifically, the question we will mainly be working through is, how do you want to be remembered? It's something we all have to think about as we get older and older and we start to experience things. We get into our jobs. We start families. There all comes a day where all of us must face death and we leave behind so much. So we have to wrestle with that. What are we leaving behind? What what type of person will people say we are? And to start out, I have a really special guest with me right now, my small group partner, the man who is in my phone as Mick the Legend, a doctor, a fisherman, the best fisherman I know. And this guy, I cannot wait to talk to him, you guys, to hear from him today. So without further ado, here is my man Mick. Mick, introduce yourself to the hey, people. Hey, Dan, so good to be here, buddy, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, 80 year old uh, family physician. Uh, mm-hmm. Practiced medicine for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Delivered uh, probably a thousand children and wow. took care of uh, adults as well. Um, had a career in the um, army in a 207th MASH unit during Vietnam, and. Uh, had an opportunity to be at University of Michigan in their teaching program as an associate professor Mm -hmm. and also program director at Oakwood Hospital um, Family Medicine Residency as the director and it it was just a great time. It was a great time. That is incredible. Um, Also I know that you are an incredible boat racer at the same time. My brother and I started building boats when we were, I was seven and he was mm-hmm. nine. Yeah. And we built a hydroplane back then and my dad, he thought it was pretty cool because we were learning how to use power <laughs> tools and yeah. learning how to repair engines. And we really spent an enormous amount of time uh, on that sport. And uh, in, in 1960, uh, I got into an accident and almost mm. had my leg cut off on Crooked River in, in uh, Topping to Be Marathon. And, uh, but wow. what that did is it gave me the whole rest of the year to work on the boat mm-hmm. and motor. And next year we won the national championship. It <laughs> all worked out in the really favor. Let's go. Let's so, go. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, yeah. Um, just a little bit about me and Mick's relationship is I really get the honor of each week me and him help lead the junior and senior high small group here um, in Luminate Ministries. And um, it's been a really cool experience because I'm just a 23-year-old kid trying to figure out what what the heck, what is life going to look like. And uh, Mick and his just plethora of experience and knowledge. It's been really good to have him in the room with me as we have kind of like bounced off of each other with lived experience and just new ideas. And so, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, Mick truly is one of my good friends. Um, and I, I, just to get us off, Mick, I know that, like we said, you have had lived a full life yes. and every, a lot of accomplishments, a lot of experience, um, uh, a beautiful marriage, as you talk about all yes. the time. And uh, I would just say, I know this might be a hard question for you and you might bounce around a few, but what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? My biggest accomplishment uh, was marrying my wife, mm. Madeline. She was the pride and joy of my life. I, I absolutely feel that God sent her to me and we were uh, inseparable. I think in 53 years, we were away mm. from each other five days. Oh, wow. And we did everything together. We, I was never happier than when I was with her. And uh, it was just absolutely a magnificent time. And then we had three children, and now we have three grandchildren, and it's just been marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Dang. So for you, oh, man, that's there's so much we could go there. But I would say this, is that especially 53 years, yeah. and we look at the climate of marriage today, 
and we've talked about on this podcast before, the statistics just really show how more people are getting divorced, more families are getting split up, um, more children are being left behind or uh, thrown into systems. And so for you, um, what makes having a long-lasting marriage such a great accomplishment? Um, I would say, you've number one, you've got to have the right mate. Mm-hmm. And after that... Uh, you have to work together as a team and you have to try to support one another mm-hmm. and really, really put the other person first whenever you possibly can and uh, be very honest and giving and just try to be considerate of the other person. And mm-hmm. uh, my wife had a funny saying, uh, if, if you want to be golden, then make mother happy. <laughs> she had a little saying on the wall. And, you know, that wasn't, that was, there was a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to make your wife happy. You want to yeah. make her proud of you. And uh, it was, it was great. Mm. What would you say is like the work that went involved in that? Because to have such an accomplishment, like you said, like wanting to, be there for your wife, make her happy, provide for her. What, what do you think was like the, the work and the disciplines you had to follow that went into that? <clears throat> I had to think about it every day. And with my schedule, I'd get up, uh, oh, when I was in private practice, I'd get up probably 4.35, start hospital wow. rounds at 6, office all day. And I wouldn't get home till 7 or 8 in the evening and mm-hmm. did that for 21 years. But as part of that, I would get up and I'd write her a letter every day, mm. a one, at least a one-page letter telling her what I was going to be doing and what I, how much I loved her and how much I cared about her. And much to my amazement, she saved these. I have a box about that big mm. of letters that I try to do every day, at least five days a week. And uh, it, it was important to me that... that to think about her every day and Mm -hmm. she was really wonderful man that's so cool because i think one thing i'm just hearing from you is that i mean mick you've had a very accomplished life national champ and it goes the boat racing um you've been in wars you have delivered you've seen life be born right in front of you I i just think that's really special that when it comes to a question about what is your greatest accomplishment because man i really think like when people are telling me what to look forward to in life right now, a lot of different things, I think it's the accomplishments you're going to have in your job, the accomplishments you're going to have in, uh, like, when it comes to your career, but, like, graduating from school. Like, mm-hmm. I just graduated with my master's, and nice. I and the I think the weight of that accomplishment really came to me as I went to graduation, and I just see as life that there's going to be these successes around different events or the success I've had in sporting events or um, my academic scholarships. But for you, as you're coming through all of this experience, and I know that you've had so many certificates, so many awards, yet the greatest award was a relationship with somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't can't stress that enough. Uh, from my relationship with Madge, then the, then the children came mm. along and the grandchildren and the time we spent with them, the family time we spent together on the weekends. It's just, uh, it's so memorable that it, it overrides everything else I've ever done in my life. Really. Well, let's go. We love that. Yeah. Well, Mick, we've got to the greatest accomplishment, but now on the back end of it, a different type of question. Okay. Mick, what... <laughs> What is, like, when you think of it, what do you consider your greatest failure? My greatest failure would be not being able to help my wife out when she had a terminal illness as much as I would have liked to. Mm. In fact, someone, she, my wife, Madge, had a great sense of humor. Yeah. Someone asked her, how do, you, how do you feel about this illness you have? She says, well, my husband's a doctor and there's not much he can do about it. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we took it in, in, the, in that light. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still, to this day, look back and I wish there was something mm-hmm. I could have done. But um, when you're facing a terminal illness with a uh, mm-hmm. glioblastoma, <clears throat> brain tumor, 
and we tried everything, of course, chemotherapy, radiation, but it, it just this just didn't work. Mm. So I was able to help her some with yeah. uh, anti-anxiety medication and such that I could give her, you know, and mm-hmm. get her to help her be calm with. And, and mm-hmm. Jesus was with her the whole time. Yes. Uh, Pastor Ken came over a couple of times to the house and gave last rites and. We had dinner together, and but that I wish I could have done more. Yeah. Mm. Now, when I think of, and the one thing I'll go with that is, when I think of a failure, I think of um, you failed almost because there was almost like an ability of like, you could have done more, but you didn't. And so when I look at what you said through that, I mean, I don't know if I would consider what you experienced a failure in... Um, like you failed to love your wife or you failed to be there for her or you failed to heal her because I think what it reveals is that to an eventual point as humans, we all fail. Yes. Like if yes. we if we try to accomplish the feat of healing your wife after everything's been done as you can be done, we will face failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that is that coming to that point where you're doing everything you can for your wife everything you know to do, everything you've been trained to do. Um, Almost how did that affect your relationship with God where you really almost had to put your wife in, because he's the one that's going to, that can accomplish the ultimate act of healing. Yes, I prayed uh, that he would help her. And I know, I know that God was with her because she was always at peace, Mm. always at peace. And I'll, I'll tell you one story. Mm-hmm. We, uh, she had been in a coma mm-hmm. for four days, mm-hmm. totally comatose, no water, nothing, no food. And she, up to that point, had had a great deal of difficulty speaking even because the tumor was so aggressive. And it was shortly uh, after Valentine's Day and I had bought some flowers mm-hmm. and put them near the bed. And miraculously uh, she woke up Mm. and I was my daughter and I were at the bedside and Madeline said thank you so much for the Valentine flowers Mm -hmm. and I love you Mickey and and Laura Laura was with us yeah and it the the peculiar thing was that she was speaking so clearly Mm -hmm. and we have this fireplace right in that room and the the doors were open on the Mm -hmm. fireplace and when she went to lie back down, the doors closed. Oh, wow. And, and she never spoke again. Mm. And my daughter and I both felt that the Holy Spirit was in that room with her. Wow. Dang. That's incredible. I just got to take a pause right there because that's just, man. Oh. Yeah, that's just... Because I think my initial, I'll be honest, on this podcast, and I think everybody would go with me, is when you said when I asked you what your biggest failure was I was I was expecting something completely different and Mm. as soon as you said that my failure was not healing my wife my instant reaction was almost to grab you Mick and be like don't put that on yourself Mick Uh, but as we were as we were talking I just thought about how you have to come to grips that you get to a point and your efforts will fail and that's why there's such a need for God and you had to as much as medicine you had as much as you had to trust that God was giving her the greatest peace, even in her death. Absolutely, absolutely. And after I, uh, we were discussing the other night, uh, you know, when did you really, really start drawing closer to God? And yeah. and, and that was the experience. That was mm-hmm. the experience. I, it, it changed me. Um, I was close to God before, but I, I, I felt that, Personally, he was in that room with me, mm-hmm. and I, um, I, yes. Yeah, it's almost like in that moment of like, even in your weakness, as the the word talks about in, um, uh, I believe Galatians or Ephesians, where Paul says, you know, in my, um, when I am weak, he is strong, and Absolutely. his power is made perfect in my weakness. And when you came to grips where like, I should be able to do more, but I can't, that shifted your relationship with Christ to such a greater that his strength began to work in you more and push you at such a older age. And that's something I actually want to ask you about is 
Um, because very recently you've told me about how you've had these convictions and that's why you wanted to volunteer with yes. the youth group. And I want to win and really explain to people at what age and when did that really begin? Because you talked about how years you were just kind of going through the motions and just very recently in life, it seems like you've gone deeper in your faith. Absolutely. After Maj's passing, uh, <clears throat> I, I joined a small group. Mm-hmm. I uh, became a greeter. Through with yeah. Pastor Chris, and uh, <clears throat> two years ago, I, I I had a fall and I broke my femur, and I was in the nursing home, mm-hmm. and my friend Marty uh, was also quite ill yeah. at the time, and and we would call each other every night, and mm-hmm. we'd, you know, I'd try to root him on, and he would try to get me going, and he told me, he said, uh, Mick. Uh, I've had the most wonderful experience with the uh, youth fellowship and uh, youth ministry, and I, I I hope that you'll consider doing that. Mm. And I said, well, Marty, I'm not, you know, I I have taught young people and, and physicians, and I'll, I'll sure think about that. Mm-hmm. And then when Marty passed away, I was just... Um, Again, totally committed. I and, and and it's been the most wonderful thing I've done in a, a long time. Wow! I love being with with you. I love yeah. being with the young people and hearing uh-huh. their stories. And it's it's been one of the most meaningful experiences in my life. And I I can't thank you enough wow. or Marty for encouraging me to do that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, Mick. And I think just the I think what it shows really is. I think people believe when they retire from their jobs, they also retire from Christianity. Like I call it the retired Christians club where it's just like, you know, we've, we've paid our 10%, we've done our dues. And it seems like, you know, with you, I think what you inspire is I was having a conversation with one of my friends, Grant, and, um, we were sitting there with somebody else and he had talked about how, um, one of his uh, grandparents had said something and they were like, you know, it was something that was like wrong to say in the sense of like, um, I forget what the topic was, but I remember Grant was like, you know, you know, I'm not going to correct them because, you know, they're so far along and everything. And my friend and my other friend that was with us looks at Grant and he goes, "Um, I didn't know that sanctification stopped when you turn 80. And I think for you is that you were such challenged by a friend to do Mm -hmm. something that people might lean you against. But you said, no, if this is where the Lord is leading me, it doesn't matter what my age is. It doesn't matter my life experience. I'm going to do this because. I'm not, in a sense, I'm not done until my last breath on this earth to do the Lord's will. And that's something I really admire and I respect about you, Mick. Mm. Um, And I think that leans right into our next question. Okay. Um, And this is the big question of this podcast, (laughs) Um, the the big whammy right here. Um, But how do you want to be remembered, Mick? I would like to be remembered as a someone that loves Christ, Mm. that is involved with uh, the church, involved with fellowship, uh, also that be thought of as someone who's a loving person, kind, uh, a a good teacher. Mm. I've enjoyed, I had a large career, as I said, with residents, and I I tried to show them love and affection uh, and sincerity at all times and that's that's that would be my legacy uh, he, he loved teaching he loved people <laughs> and he loved God God first yeah. and I, I, I was joking with you earlier I if if I if you'd asked me that question uh, that would be 60 years ago <laughs> I would have said I want to be remembered as a national championship boat racer because <laughs> that's where my life was you know yeah but things change yeah things change as you go on and and I I think I have a, a much better picture of what is really important today man does that make sense yeah that makes total sense because um, 60 years ago you were my age and that's what's crazy <laughs> that's is right. that as you said that like um and I, I think that's just one thing that, you know, I'm always inspired by is our, in our relationship is that I'll really say things that are important or I'll be like, man, I'm really kind of thinking about this right now, Mick. And you just start talking about, oh, yeah, I remember when <laughs> went down that road and like uh, it all worked out. Don't worry. And it's yeah. like, 
I think there's such, you know, one of the things I don't think my generation appreciates always is that when people like your age say things of like, it will work out, will think you're saying like blanketed statements or, you know, you say that, but like I'm experiencing it right now. But the one thing I've begun to really honor is that while it is such a simple statement, it is a very it's a it's a statement that has so much weight behind it because of the experience by yes. behind the person saying it. <clears throat> when we were kids, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just comparing myself mm-hmm. as yeah. a young guy compared yeah. to others. Uh, today, uh, I think parents try to really spend a lot of time with their kids mm-hmm. and try to give them direction. I was growing up during the Second World War, <clears throat> and my dad was a physician he was extremely busy we we hardly saw dad mm-hmm. i would get to be with him maybe making house calls together uh-huh. i would hold yeah. the flashlight and we'd find the and uh I, I would help boil the water for the syringe <laughs> <laughs> and and that was you know we i didn't have the direction uh, when i was young my my folks would say mick try to get home for supper <laughs> that's a big deal yeah. and I'd ride my bike I'd go like 10 miles uh-huh. away and go fishing out in Grosseal or out in the Detroit River somewhere and try to and I'd get back on time though and mm-hmm. but again getting back to your question is that's kind of where you learn that things would would be okay yeah you know <laughs> you 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 experienced it you saw that things worked out and you just, as long as you were determined, I'd, I'd say determination is a, mm. is a critical thing, is be determined and it will work out and, and talk to God about it. <laughs> and it will definitely work out. Let's go. So, um, and I think that just goes into my, the last thing I want to ask you really is how, um, you know, this second half of this podcast um, for everybody that's listening, um, this podcast episode, we are going to transition into talking to some students from our ministry, yes, um, yes. young students that are in our ministry right now, so that you guys are going to be able to hear the perspective, not only of Mick, but this generation that's coming up. So to kind of, before we transition into that, um, my thing is like, what would be your greatest piece of advice about, wanting to be remembered for something or the legacy you're leaving behind, what would be your greatest piece of advice for young people for this generation to think about going forward? I would say most definitely develop relationships with people. Mm. Love the people you're with. Get to know the people you're with and focus your energy. Don't don't you know it's hard I hate to say this, but social media and and television is not the answer. Yeah. Uh, myself, I don't think I've watched television in two months. I've got five TVs at home. <laughs> I don't, you know. They're just it, collecting it, dust. It's, it's all about people. It's all about people and, and showing your love and concern. And you need to be there for, for people. If if you're not there, if you're not present, they don't know who you are, mm-hmm. you know. And so focus on that and, and be determined, have some goals, but always put people first, mm-hmm. and you'll never regret that ever, ever. Wise words, Mick. Man, uh, this was really fun, Mick, and um, hope everybody's listening. Just um, I hope that you took what Mick was saying and you listened to this man, plethora of experience, but how he's coming near this this part of his life, and he looks back at everything he's experienced yet, relationship, God, and uh, truly seeking the Lord's heart has been the greatest values and being in relationship with people have been what he has seen as his greatest accomplishments where he's experienced his greatest failures but when he's seen God at work the most Um, thank you so much hope you guys enjoy hope you guys enjoy the second half of this podcast and yeah talk to you soon I'll be looking forward to it yes All right, so uh, you guys just heard from Mick, and Mick uh, gave you guys a great discussion on uh, what was his accomplishments, his failures, uh, and what um, 
uh, advice did he have for the next generation? And also, how did he want to be remembered or or what was his legacy? And this is kind of a unique uh, episode in that we're actually going to be doing uh, a bunch of interviews. Or Well, I'm interviewing two students right now um, that I'll introduce to you in just a second. Uh, but while I have your attention, uh, please like, subscribe. Uh, we have 97 followers. Um, we're well over 1,300 uh, downloads. Uh, and man, I, we can't do it. We can't we can't gar- gain more followers without you guys. So keep liking, sharing. If you think that this episode is cool, uh, and uh, if you want to hear more from students, let us know in the comments. Uh, we'd love to be able to get more students on here. And uh, so with that. I have two students here. Let me introduce them to you. Uh, so let's start. Sawyer, let's start with you. What's hey. up, Sawyer? What's up? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Uh, tell me what grade you're in. So I'm a freshman. Okay. Uh, tell me what school you go to and uh, what sports you play or what your hobbies are. So I go to Celine High School. I play football, track and field. Nice. And I like hanging out, hanging out outside and uh, just mm. sleeping. Yeah, dude, just sleeping, my yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's Sawyer. Sawyer, welcome, man. We're glad to have you. Yeah. Uh, my my other my other friend that we have here, our other student, uh, his name is Zach. Zach, how are you? I'm good. It's good to see you, dude. Yeah, you too. Um, so same questions. Uh, what grade are you in? School uh, activities and hobbies. Uh, I'm in ninth grade. I go to Celine High School. Nice. Uh, I like to play soccer. Uh, I guess you could say I dabble in track. Ooh, dabble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you dabble in something that requires so much work? Um, well, I wouldn't say we really score for the team, but we're there. (laughs) We're there. Oh, okay. So it's a contributing dabble. Okay. It's a a participation dabble. I get you. I get you. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, cool. Well, guys, it's good to have you guys. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, yeah. You guys want to just kind of jump in? Sure. Sure, yeah. All right, so, fellas, I got a uh, couple questions for you that we're going to dive into. Uh, same questions as I talked about in the intro with Mick. Um, so let's, st- let's start with this first one. It's a nice it's a little softball, okay? It's not too dense, okay? It's not too heavy. Tell us about your deepest, darkest secret, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but what? You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not what we prepped, Matt. Oh, yeah, that one time? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so the first question uh, is really straightforward. It's just what's your, what's your uh, greatest accomplishment that you see thus far in life? What do, what do you think is the thing... That is the your that you're most proud of uh, thus far in life. Um, I'd say I've put a lot of work in to my career in soccer. Yeah. So I don't know if I really have one greatest moment. Okay. In my soccer career, but I think overall, everything I've done with that is something I have to be proud of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. How about you, Sawyer? Uh, probably my Christ journey. Okay. Because. This Easter, I recently just got baptized. Nice. And I've been getting closer with God. Cool, man. just praying every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, let's let's uh, uh, start picking apart your answer first before we turn to Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but... I think that's actually something that's really cool, and I uh, I hope you don't feel awkward saying that because I mean sometimes it is a little weird to be like, yeah, no, I actually think finding Jesus is one of my greatest accomplishments. No, um, and that's I think that's really cool because not not a lot of people not a lot of people say that off the gun. I mean, I don't think Mick said that. I haven't heard his portion yet, um, but uh, I don't even think Mick said his greatest accomplishment was finding Jesus. So yeah, that's that's pretty dope, man. I appreciate that. Um, so as you uh, guys have navigated these accomplishments, right? Like, like your career in soccer, right? Um, and even with your relationship with Jesus, right? You guys obviously have ups and downs, sideways movements, failures. Like, how have you navigated those successes? Um, for. Whenever I like experience like a roadblock or obstacle, yeah, and that, I 
I would say I talk to God, ask him what I should do. Yeah. Acknowledge that I know he has a plan. Yeah, sure. And I move on, do what I can, work hard. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, let yeah. him lead the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Sawyer? Uh, for mine, I would probably, whenever I'm down or like what Zach said, a roadblock. Yeah. Probably just ask Jesus again and what he has planned for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like pray. Yeah. Ask him for help and then yeah, go from there. Yeah, what do you do though if nothing happens? Like what do you do with the mm. what do you do with the silence? Uh I don't know. I I'm a firm believer in that everything, absolutely every little thing, every big yeah. thing that happens in my life is a part of God's plan for me. Yeah. So I just accept that was something that was supposed to happen. It's yeah. gonna connect somehow. Somehow. Yeah, maybe somehow. in my future. Yeah. To something and yeah. just keep moving. That's good hope and peace, right? Yeah. Like to be like, Yeah, everything that's going on right now is happening for a reason. Yep. And I can I can accept what I'm having what's happening mm-hmm. because uh well if if it's a part of God's plan, then it must be a part of God's plan. Yep. Right? Yeah. What about you, Sawyer? How do you navigate the uh, successes that you you see, or the the silence, like when silence? God doesn't when God doesn't answer those prayers of of hope? How do you navigate that? Uh, well, if I do have silence, I usually just ask my parents for like their opinion. Oh yeah, okay. And like to see if that would put me on the right track. Yeah. And whenever I'll probably try that for couple days or two yeah if that feels better yeah probably do that but if like jesus isn't silent of course i would go with that plan. yeah 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 of course right right yeah, yeah totally because i think sometimes and zach you were nodding your head to sawyer's answer of like yeah go talk to people mm-hmm. right like um because i think that sometimes i think oftentimes jesus is silent when we ask those kinds of questions but we know kind of deep down inside like how are we supposed to navigate this accomplishment or this yeah. success mm-hmm. um I've, I yeah, think maybe like sometimes he's silent for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And so then then you go and talk to somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. And it actually fosters more community, mm-hmm. right? Because you were never meant to live this life alone, right? So mm-hmm. it's like yeah. Jesus purposefully is like, yeah, you know what? That's a great question. And then he just sits there. Yeah. <laughs> you should go talk to somebody about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought it was. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, no, that's great, guys. That's good. All right, so similar kind of pattern of questions. Uh, I'm going to ask you um, uh, this time of what do you think thus far in life has been your greatest failure? Kind of, I don't know, I guess a little connected to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Sometimes I do have like questions and I guess you could even say doubts about his plan. Yeah. And I just, I feel like those doubts can sometimes not be the greatest thing. So I guess you could say. Sure. That was, that's a big failure for me. Yeah. Okay. So would you say, um, first of all, I I appreciate you sharing that because it's not easy to admit that you have doubts, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's something that we as a culture need to be okay with is, I mean, I, I see so many students all the time who have doubts in what seems to be God's plan. Um, and so to even just acknowledge that, let alone in a podcast, mm-hmm. is I think a really, uh, a really important thing, uh, especially for our audiences, right? Like we want a lot of people to hear this. Yeah. And what you're exhibiting is as a freshman in high school, the ability that most adults don't have of being open and honest about the fact that they have doubts about their faith. Yeah. Uh, so I commend you for that. Um, I would actually say that those are successful things, not yeah. failures. <laughs> it's, I think, uh, let me ask you this before we turn to Sawyer, Zach, would you say that you, in those doubts, would you say that you allow those doubts? Uh, and I, and I want an honest answer here, right? So you don't need to necessarily sugarcoat this in any way, but mm-hmm. do you think you let those doubts run rampant in your mind? And do you think that that's where the failure is coming from? Because the doubt itself isn't a problem, right? You doubt chairs. You doubt whether or not you did, 
the appropriate work on a math problem, you yeah. doubt like <laughs> doubt in and of itself is not a bad thing. Yeah. So like, what is it about doubting faith that makes you feel like that's a failure? Um, that's a good question that I guess I'm not really totally sure on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that because I think that's something to think about because mm-hmm. usually if you're doubting whether or not you're doing something right, you seek help in that space. Yeah. So if you have doubt about God's plan, maybe that's God saying, well, maybe you should go ask somebody if this is my plan. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think uh, a lot of my doubts bring up a lot of questions that I have. Yeah. And a lot of questions I can take those other places yeah. and ask and try and get help. Yeah. Read God's word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even when God's word doesn't, because I mean like God's word doesn't mention anything about vaping, <laughs> right? So like when you're, when you have questions around certain topics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Of, hey, I'm, I'm on this. It also doesn't mention anything about soccer. So no. like, how are you going to read God's word and find an application to a soccer game? Well, mm-hmm. you can in the characters of the Bible, right? You can see the conduct that they had. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you got, Sawyer? What's your greatest... What's your greatest failure? Uh, so I don't really know. It, it is kind of a failure, but I'm kind of happy it was okay. a failure. Okay. But like back in the seventh grade, I wasn't really a good, not necessarily a good kid, but like I really didn't pay attention yeah, at okay. youth group and all that. Yeah. And always talked, didn't get any of the word, didn't understand, yeah. didn't ask for help. Yeah. But... Uh, when I and then whenever I got older, I realized that that wasn't really a good thing. Yeah. So, doing that kind of got me understanding to work harder. Yeah. And okay. understanding the word more. Yeah. Yeah. So, it it kind of is a failure because I didn't learn all the stuff that I was whenever I was younger. Okay. But now I feel like I'm learning more. Yeah. And yeah. actually taking it in. Yeah. So do you think that it was a, let me, so let me ask you about this. Do you think that it was a failure in that you didn't learn as much as you could? Or do you think it was a failure in heart and attitude? Probably heart and attitude. Yeah. Would like you say a, that? Yeah. Yeah. So help me understand. Why do you think it's a heart and attitude thing versus a a, a learning more information because you also didn't learn all yeah. of that information. So you could also call that a failure, mm-hmm. but like, why is it more for you? Why is it more heart attitude kind of a thing? Well, probably because like, um, my whole family is Christian. Sure. So like, I know I should have listened mm. and understood it and, not been that kid. Sure. Okay. So kind of like that, yeah. I guess. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah. No, I, pr- I appreciate how you're saying that. I think it's interesting how you use the phrase understood again, I, right? I like it was a cognitive thing still. Yeah. And so like the only reason why I'm, I'm saying that to you cause is cause, um, I think you're onto something, right? Is like, mm-hmm. it, I think you're right. It is a heart, a heart posture and a heart attitude. Um, uh, but I think, Cause I mean, we, I mean, I was, I was, I was with you in seventh, seventh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Right. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there were some times where I like wanted to wring your neck, but like oh, yeah. we had fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. What would be middle school without wanting to like murder some, some students? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we can just clip <laughs> that and we can literally just have that be the sound bite. Yep. <laughs> just all I want to do is just murder students. That's why I'm in student ministry. Uh, you're like, what? <laughs> Down in Seattle, this is what our pastor does. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, so yeah, man, I appreciate how you're saying that. I uh, because I don't think it's a failure that you didn't learn. Well, yeah, I'm just, I guess, disappointed. If that's counts yeah. as a failure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What's, what would be the disappointment? Yeah. Um, so then that follow up question for both of you of that is like, um, you had talked about, you know, navigating those with questions and finding somebody and like that kind of stuff. But like, okay. uh, I'm kind of changing the question here just a little bit. So it's okay if it takes you a second, um, to think through it. What does it look like in your own heart and mind to think through your own personal failures and successes? Like what's that do to you? Do you feel 
What do you feel about it? I'm not looking for a cognitive, like, I think it's good. I think, I think, like, I, I want to know what do you feel when you think about your personal successes and failures? Do you feel, what emotion comes up for you? Um, and it doesn't have to go over you, Zach, you don't have to start, but you absolutely can. We can keep with the flow. I've okay. been starting. Okay. Um, for failures, I feel like, like Sawyer was kind of saying, I feel like sometimes I'm a little disappointed in myself, you know? Yeah. Just why, why do I have these doubts? Why do I have these questions? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then what do you, what do you do with the questioning the questions, right? You're like, well, what? I have questions. Like, why do I have these questions? Like, you're questioning your own questions. Yeah. So, like, well, yeah, like I was saying, like, I get all these questions and more questions. Yeah. yeah. And then you feel uh, disappointed in yourself. Yeah. So, why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. I guess I could say that it could bring up a feeling of I'm not following him to my full. In him, I mean, God, yeah, and God, yeah, Christ, yeah, to my full extent. Yeah. If I have these questions and doubts, yeah, do you think that that's true? Uh, not fully. No, okay. I feel like it's good to have some questions because that means you're gonna really be involved and yeah, wanting to know more. That's what keeps you going. I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Do you think somebody who's sold out? fully for Jesus doesn't ever doubt? Mm, no. I think they probably have yeah. some doubts. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy though? Like, it's kind of a rhetorical question because obviously, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've played soccer how long? Um, gotta do some math. Like, yeah. 12, 11 years? Yeah. Do you ever doubt whether or not you can make the pass or the shot? Mm. Depends what situation, but mostly no. Mostly no, but that's because you've been practicing. Mm-hmm. So when you come to a situation you haven't practiced, yeah, are you ever like, oh man, <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know if I can make that hit. Like, yeah, yeah, it probably doesn't come through your mind when you're in the game. Yeah, but then afterwards you're like, man, why did I try to hit that? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, or after the play, I'm like, yeah. I could have I could have cut that back and yeah had a better or laid play. off or yep. yeah so like even you who's been doing soccer for 11 12 years mm-hmm. you have questions and doubts about soccer yep. still so how long have you been a a, a dedicated Christ follower which um, is something that's supposed to by the way last your entire life yes so I'd say well, I've always been brought up around Christianity. Sure, sure. My parents are Christian. My yeah. family's Christian. Yeah. So I'd say I've been a Christian for a long time. Yeah. I think the dedication part started to come around when I moved to Keystone. Okay. Because I didn't actually come here till about third grade or fourth grade. Okay. So I think when I experienced this group here is when I really started to cool man experience my own dedication. Yeah, yeah, and so okay, so Christianity is a is a, a lifelong thing. Soccer is not a lifelong mm-hmm. thing, right? Christianity permeates everything about life. Soccer does not permeate everything about yes. life. And so you've been doing soccer for the ten, eleven years, twelve, yeah. eleven, twelve years. You have doubts about some of the things you do in soccer. Yeah. Christianity is like answering the world's toughest questions Mm -hmm. and it's like don't you think i'm trying to make the point of like don't you think that it's okay for you to have those questions when it's like such a big topic yeah Yeah. so i just want to encourage you that i don't i I don't think you should take so to heart so much that having doubts causes you to (laughs) maybe navigate that a little bit uh differently so sawyer how do you uh, navigate emotionally your successes and failures. Like what's what does what does it bring up for you? Like how do I feel, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Like like yeah. Like when you think back over your failures or your successes, what do you feel the most? I mean, personally, I think I feel pr- not. I think I feel proud. Okay. About my successfulness and my 
failure, like what I talked about earlier. Yeah. Because my failure really got me dedicated to Christianity and yeah, made me feel more like that I know I want to do this with my life yeah. or know more about it with yeah, my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, Good, man. And, yeah, pretty much just f- I feel proud about it. Yeah, dude. Okay, cool, man. Cool, good, good, good. All right, so last question for you guys. This is, this is the hardest one. All right. So... <laughs> just about to wrap up your freshman year Mm -hmm. you've gone through the culture of high school you're navigating what it looks like to um uh to be a christian in the circles that you're in to you know i mean i've played on soccer teams Mm -hmm. they aren't the the most they're not the the most robust or uh most incredible uh beacons of morality uh if you know what i mean yeah. uh they uh, aren't always making the best decisions in life you know um uh, i also know what it's like to fail in being that kid that people want to murder because they're middle school punks right uh just ask my former youth pastor uh who ended up performing mine and my wife's uh wedding uh he would tell you i was a punk middle schooler um get him on the podcast yeah man i should (laughs) he's incredible he's a good dude um but that brings up a good question is is no one asked me this when i was your age no one asked me um the the talk to me about the importance of this and so we want to start pushing this towards our students and even towards our audiences is this idea of legacy right so like when you step into your high school you have a legacy. So people will remember yeah. Zach and Sawyer. Yeah. They will remember you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and or they'll, and they'll either remember you for the good things you did or they'll remember you for the bad things you did, <laughs> right? Or you'll fade into the oblivion of someone's memory mm-hmm. and you won't have impacted them in any way. Right. Those are the three basic options of time. Right. So I guess the question is, is assuming we don't want to be fade into the the oblivion of someone's (laughs) memory. Right. And that they just don't ever. It's like Bing Bong from uh, Inside Out. Oh, yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Thank you, Zach. Oh, the. Bing Bong. Cuddle guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who like cries candy. The pink dolphin guy. Yeah. The pink dolphin guy. Yes, the dolphin. I love it. You're absolutely right. And they sing that song. (laughs) Bing bong, bing bing bong. Who wants who? uh, Who laughs and plays and sing all day? Bing bong, bing. Mm -hmm. So good. Keep going. That was good. Yo, bars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um. So we don't want to fade off into the oblivion of someone's memory, Uh, and we obviously don't want to be remembered for nefarious or 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 bad things. Mm -hmm. So so like. Apart from being like, I want to be remembered for good things, like, what do you think you want your legacy to be? Like, what you want to be remembered for. Yeah, yeah, like, like, do you want to be the jock? Do you want to be the nerd? Do you want to be the, you know, like, what is the, what is the characteristic that you, when people think of you, when they graduate from high school, and they're sitting in a podcast room, <laughs> and you're 80 years old, and somebody asks you, Hey, what did you want to be remembered for all throughout your life? You want one word? I mean, no. if you got a phrase, I'll get. If you got one word, my guy, I'll take that, it. That'd but be, that'd no, be I don't have a, I don't incredible. Have I'm actually gonna change the pattern. I'm yeah. going first. Oh You're my gosh, first? Sawyer's oh, yeah. got this. Okay, Sawyer, go for it. So I think I would want to be remembered as not just at school, but yeah. like I'm gonna like my whole life. Yeah, probably just motivating people. Okay. Uh, act like. Not hiding my faith. Yeah. Doing it out in the public, like the summer thing you were, you were going to do. Oh, yeah. At Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would be, I want to be remembered as that. Yeah, okay. I want to be remembered for the good things, of course. Of like, course. Uh, baptism. Okay. Like, yeah. The letter I got, because I actually, like, not hurt. resonated. Res- I don't even know what that word yeah, means. Yeah. Uh, it like <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It like uh, you're like oh, it was encouraging. Yeah, it, it, you you felt that like you 
it was a, a a real intangible feeling. Yeah, the letter I got from yeah. a guy that says my testimony really hurt, encouraged hurt. him and encouraged. all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just motivating people and doing what I want and like with Christianity, I don't yeah, know. something like that. I don't. Yeah, really know. I hear what you're saying. You're saying you, you want to have. Uh, you want to be able to uh, motivate people based on how you're living. So when people mm-hmm. think about you, you're there and I'm, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Just, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But when people think about you that you don't want them to think of, man, he was a Jesus freak. Like yeah. all he <laughs> ever talked about was just Jesus, 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 Jesus. Right. Like mm-hmm. not that that's a bad thing per se, but there is a, a way to turn people on to the gospel and there's a way to turn people off to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's how we do that mm-hmm. is you, you know, smack them in the face and tell them Jesus loves them. And they're like, <laughs> dude, bro, like just get a life. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and you want to do that through action, right? So yeah. you're talking like you want to do that with like going to campuses and serving and being a part of things that helps people take ownership of their faith. Like change, kind of change their lives. Yeah, change their yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's good, dude. I appreciate that. What do you got, Zach? Um, so I think there's, I have two sides of what I would want my legacy to be. Yeah. Obviously, there is a certain part of uh, my legacy. I want to win soccer games. I want to win state yeah. championships, stuff yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. But also, I hope I could be remembered as, like, the kind kid. Uh, yeah. Obviously, no one wants to be a jerk. Right. So I hope people think of me as the kid that they could come and talk to. Yeah. And they wouldn't, like, get shut down. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like what Sawyer said. That was, uh, he wants to be remembered um, about his, like, the stuff he's done. Yeah. For his events and stuff yeah. like that. And service and. Yeah, service. And, yeah, through, like, based on his faith. Yeah. 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 Um. Something like that would be nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, well, so uh, last question. Um, uh, you guys are big ba- basketball people, yeah? Eh, kind of. Yeah. I know, I know if kind of. I'm yeah. say I'm a super so, fan. So who's going to win uh, the NBA? I think Nuggets. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Tell you it's not the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, did they get out? Yeah, I just did. I, I just I, did. They, sure. Did they just lose? Yeah, I think so. Oh Oh, did they? I think it was four up. Was it? Yeah. Brutal. That's hilarious. Oh man. All right. Well, that was my last question. Yeah. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Peace out, Seattle. See you, no, Seattle. See ya. <laughs> Oh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me and uh, having an open and honest conversation. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. All right, yeah. we'll see you.